That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League is back. Arsenal opened up the Premier League season with a 3-0 victory in a London derby over recently promoted Fulham. Aubameyang, Lacazette, and newcomer Gabriel getting on the score sheet for the Gunners. Liverpool and Leeds had a cracker of a match that ended to the champions winning 4-3. Mo Salah, a hat-trick, a Virgil van Dijk header, just enough to get by Bielsa's Leeds United. On Sunday morning, Leicester got a 3-0 victory over West Brom in their first game back in the Premier League. Jamie Vardy scoring a brace from the penalty spot to get the Foxes all three points. Everton and their new midfield get a win over Mourinho's Tottenham. Calvert-Lewin scoring his first of the, of the season for the Toffees. Good news for Spurs, they may have some replacements coming in very soon. Wolves get a 2-0 victory over Sheffield United, Raul Jimenez continuing his EPL scoring success, and Chelsea and the New Boys get a 3-1 victory over Brighton to close out this weekend. Jorginho scored from the spot before Reese James scored and assisted on Kurt Zuma's first goal of the season. Welcome back to the Ghost Gold Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got the whole crew together tonight, Alex Moss and Javier Revelo. How's everybody doing? When was the last time we can say that all three of our teams won on opening weekend? It's been a long time. It's, it's been a, it's long been a time. minute. <laughs> We should all be quite happy. Yeah, so we're we're good. Yeah. We're chilling. Gang's all here. Every, Couldn't be better. Every yeah, gang's all here. We got some we got some transfer news that we'll get to eventually. We've got NFL and Premier League back about. on the same weekend. What a treat. Yeah, it was a lot to handle. I really to not to like I didn't know what to do with my hands. Um I like I was it was very exciting. There was there was so much to watch and so much going on and having the two games on Monday afternoon which is now somehow my off day, also very nice. So two two games of English football, two games of American football on Monday. Just yeah, not bad at w- all. What, what a day. Uh, let's get, we'll start with, right off the rip, Arsenal getting a 3 nothing victory, like I mentioned in the open. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Gabriel, the defense gets a clean sheet against Fulham. Everything I, I've read about this match, because we all know I didn't wake up for it, uh, Things things worked out well for for Arsenal. I mean, I, I have Fulham getting relegated. I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah, I think we all have Javier. them finishing twentieth. Wait, uh, so Andrew, you didn't listen to the pod last week? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, we did we listen. all have Fulham getting relegated. Yeah, I yes. think I think I, I think it, we all have them getting finishing twentieth, which would mean. No, I've I've West Ham in twentieth. I think I have them in nineteenth. Uh, anyway, it would mean that. Most likely, all all of our teams are going to be taking full points from Fulham this season. So I don't know how much I can really take from that game, other than it was really nice to have a, an easy game like that to start the season to you know get the confidence up, get a clean sheet. Um, we had a few injuries for center backs and stuff like that, so Gabriel was forced to start in the middle. Um, obviously, getting a goal on his debut is fantastic. And getting Lacazette and Aubameyang, both of their accounts going, is also great, too. Aubameyang was announced today as re-signing a three-year deal, so he's going to be here till 2023. And, yeah, everything seems to be going pretty smoothly right now. 
still looking to get a signing or two here before the end of the window. Um, we've been late. Everything looks smooth until Arsenal's yearly early trip to Anfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got, we've got, exactly. We've got a nice easy game home you get, against you get West a nice Ham. Little warm up with West Ham, right. and then you have to go to Anfield, which I know is Listen, not. It's like, not the it's, worst it's time. Probably not going to be as bad. It's not the worst time to play Liverpool right now. They've been, uh, you know, they conceded three goals against Leeds. You know, you never know. We'll get to you it. You never know. We'll get well, we to can it. agree on that. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, overall, obviously happy with the start to the season, but I think we need a couple more players still before this window turn, you know, closes, and it's good to have these first couple of games to, to kind of warm the team up and, and get them back into com- the competitive edge because we also have a few injuries, a few players who were not fully match fit, stuff like that. So it's going to be good to kind of ease into the season and hopefully have two easy wins to start the year and then you know Liverpool and, and a pretty hard run of games after that if with like Sheffield, Leicester, uh, United and Wolves, I think, are all in our next five games after that. So definitely looking forward to that, but nice to have the easy start to, to get a few points up on the board. I heard a lot of praise for uh, surprising uh, one surprising addition in midfield, and that was El Nenny got a lot of praise I read yeah, on Twitter. He was, uh, I mean, he, do you think he has a future? <laughs> Which, by the way, how have we gone the first five minutes of the pod of not bringing up the craziest, uh, like, thing that's happened in 2020 javier gets a twitter oh yeah <laughs> welcome yeah, we, 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 javier yes it was 2020 go downhill to, from here yeah i had to get a twitter so you know it was, i was like all right it's 2020 things craziest things have been happening so time for me to get one but el neni uh, was welcome at javier yeah, nine. thank you thank you uh I, I, now start tweeting because you you you're all you're doing is replies so far, man. We need original content. Ooh, okay. You need to you, yeah, you want to hear my, my crazy takes every time well, there's a crazy thing that happens. Yet. I don't know. Just you guys. That's fine. That's how you get followers. Start saying crazy shit. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not saying that. Um, <laughs> well, unless your regular opinion is crazy shit. But Mohamed El Neni, I think number one, he hasn't played on Arsenal for a year and he's kind of been grinding out in Turkey and he looks like he's improved a little bit as a player, but I think also just getting confidence from someone who is a center midfielder himself like Arteta was and just the way that Arteta likes to play where he likes playing it out the back. He likes having his center backs and his center midfielders be able to hold possession and then kind of play it side to side to the wing backs. And El Neni's fantastic for that. He's very good for... And even he was playing some good passes forward. Um, it was surprising to, to see him even have that in his repertoire. But again, this is against Fulham, so I don't know how much I can take out of that. It, it's right. Also, Danny Ceballos isn't like back fit yet. Right. Like, Danny Ceballos had just come back this week. Had just resigned, so I don't think El Neni will be you know our starting option going that, forward. In that scuffle with Inketia before the game. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he did. I has think everyone was, just forgotten about that because you guys won three 0 Oh well. I'm think, sure it's nothing. I think it was nothing. I don't. I think they were kind of joking around. I don't think it was an actual like they were trying to kill each other type thing. But again, it's uh, not much to take against an away win against Fulham. But nice to get three goals. Nice to get Gabriella debut goal. Uh, William had two assists and a third like shot that ended up into a goal. Lacazette's goal. So mm-hmm. a great start for William. Man of the match. You know, was driving up, uh, driving against Fulham the entire game and working hard up and down that wing, which is not something that I'm used to seeing with, with some lazy players like Nico Pepe, who, while offensively he's probably just as good as William, if not better, you know, defensively Williams was definitely looks to be an improvement. So, well, man does love a London derby. We know that. It's true. 
It's true. But yeah, happy overall with the team, but still need a couple more signings. We don't want to be playing Xhaka Elneny in the midfield for the rest of the season because that's going to be big trouble down the line. All right. Well, that brings us uh, the 10 o'clock game, which did not go my way. By the way, if you missed my Premier League picks, uh, well, I'll do them. I'm not going to do... I bet the entire slate this weekend. I went 5-9, and nine, which was very happy about. I had I had Arsenal winning. I think I had Arsenal in over one and a, was it over one and a half goals in that game, I think, is what I had. Easiest money you've um, ever made. <laughs> easiest money uh i had southampton winning against crystal palace that obviously did not go my way um with wilfred zahas getting his first of the season when uh, winning one nil and then i had liverpool result in both to score which came through obviously with Leeds getting uh more than one goal winning liverpool winning four three but the other easiest money that i had that i've ever made in this game was Mohamed Salah to score at any time at minus 170. It's the only time I've really played a, a, a minus bet or like a favorite. He has scored on opening day for the Reds all four years. So he's nothing if not consistent that makes, at this point. That makes me but, feel even worse about forgetting to have him in fantasy this week. <laughs> you didn't forget I, I mean, him, Alex. Rock, you made the choice you, of yeah, not you're having right, him. You're right. You're right. I just, I, I, I fucked up. I, I didn't believe in Mo Salah at Anfield and against one of the teams that's going to be the worst defensively in the league this year. Uh, of course, he scored a hat-trick, and they gave away two penalties. Uh, I mean, the, the second goal, uh, the the one he scored from open play, was probably one of the best finishes of the weekend up there with like yeah. Reese James and probably one other I'm forgetting. But oh, I, like, I really Klick, like the Calvert-Lewin header, Klick, by the way. Klick, or whatever his name is, the Polish midfielder who scored the 3-3 yeah. equalizer. That was the goal mm-hmm. of the game, I think. The The way he controlled that on his outside of his right and then swilled his body to finish it into the bottom left corner. I mean, I don't know if Leeds deserved like, a draw from that game. They certainly gave it their all. Because, but I think they got a bit unlucky. I think they played time. really, really well. They, they, did, dude, they did not. Their defending was, I mean, somehow overshadowed by Liverpool and Van Dyke fucking up and Trent fucking well, their, up. Well, their yeah. attack Leeds was very good. Especially yeah. for Van Dyke's goal was... You want to see, here's the thing you want to say that their their attack was very good they they got lucky on all three of their goals like they like that was it wasn't necessarily that their attack was very good it was that Liverpool's defense was not organized and I will say credit to Bielsa because he did do something that most other clubs have not we talk about all the time about how Trent and and uh, Andy Robertson always play those those big you know, deep, like long crosses across the field and they switch play up. Bielsa put a lot of pressure on both of them and it really like changed the way we kind of attacked in this game. And it, it definitely fucked up the flow. And I mean, Trent struggled in this game. I didn't like the, the starting 11 with no Fabinho Henderson. It was, uh, Wijnaldum, Henderson and Nabi Keita in midfield. And I didn't think that was going to be the right move I always thought like I tweeted ahead of the game like Fabinho is going to need to be in this game at one point or another he obviously comes in later in the second half but not like Henderson covers a lot for Trent when when he plays on the right because we know that Trent isn't the best defensive fullback he's excellent with he's got the best cross in the in the league apparently like one could argue but defensively he's not the best and you could definitely see he got targeted he gets targeted regularly that's why you see joe gomez play in a lot of those like bigger clashes where they want to be a little bit more defensive and that's definitely something to watch i think joe gomez is probably not going to start this weekend i could see joel matip maybe beating him out going into the going into the uh Going, going Liverpool into the did game, score but, two I penalties mean, though, like like so. I understand that you're, you're saying that Leeds got a bit lucky with their goals, but I thought their goals were all pretty good build up. Obviously, not 
there was a couple of mistakes, like you said, from Trent and Van Dyke. But I mean, Leeds had other chances outside of those and could have scored more goals. Obviously, Liverpool could have scored more goals too. You know, the Leeds keeper made a few saves, but I thought just for the style of play and for what they were doing, I was I was impressed with Leeds. I I still think they're going to stay up. I think Alex thinks that. If they play that way, they're going to get relegated. But I'll be betting on them a lot. Dude, they're they're going to they're going to win a couple of games. Not a couple. They're going to win a good amount of. I think games. they're going to win a lot of games but, that you don't expect them to win. Yeah, but they're going to lose a lot of games that you don't expect them to. They're they're going to get uh, smash and grabbed plenty of times. They also Bielsa's teams are notorious for falling off in the second half of the season, and with all uh, a congested schedule due to kind of the overlap of the the. The delayed end of last season uh, dripping into this one it's uh especially around christmas i just i mean it's one thing to do this opening day this is probably the best time for this leeds team to to play liverpool maybe a couple weeks more into the season when they've had more time playing together and have their captain back liam cooper the, the center back but it showed to me like it makes me think uh, Bielsa still has it when it comes to uh, individual game plans for uh, for any team, for any situation. Because you're right, he targeted Trent and Van Dyke not only uh, not only when they had the ball, but when Leeds had the ball. He was specifically trying to play out wide, trying to play triangles around uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold mainly and Robertson, just to keep them scared from going forward and to make them constantly be on the back foot and reacting defensively instead of thinking, how can I get forward and contribute in attack. So I've seen good things from them in that regard, but when injuries and fatigue set in, I just don't think they're going to be deep enough without at least one or two more signings, like pretty good signings that contribute to the first team uh, to stay up. Like, and even if they're five or six points out of relegation with a couple games left to go, I'll still like be saying, watch out. Leeds might just go cold and get relegated. It's just, it's just the way it's just the style they've agreed to play. And I mean, it makes for awesome viewing. It's really fun to watch. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's sustainable over 38 games with less talent than most other teams. Uh, but at the I same time, I didn't feel like they were going to win this one or, or, or even draw it. I felt like it was always going to be Liverpool's to win just because we've seen them pull it out so many times. Like, were you worried, Andrew? I'm not going to say I was worried, but my girlfriend did ask me kindly to not punch a hole in her wall. So has that happened like before? Right, um, I've only punched one hole in a wall. <laughs> And I was very drunk on New Year's, and it was not because of a sports game. So I was not angry either. It was oh, in that case. Anyways, then. <laughs> yes. Um, but I like I'll, I'll say that, and I did want to talk about this. Klopp made a very interesting change late in the game. His third substitution was Curtis Jones. It wasn't Minamino. It wasn't could have he could have brought on other attacking players and he brought on a you know an 18-year-old Curtis Jones who immediately goes and makes a mistake and forgets to pick up his man which leads to the third goal for Leeds. But then he was, you know, he could have brought on James Milner and and played, you know, more experienced player in that midfield. So I was ex- I was very worried about that, but at the same time I thought he came on and played well and played a very chippy style. I think we're going to see a lot of him, but no, I think the last 20 minutes was 100% dominated by Liverpool and once they, you know, they win that penalty, it was like, okay, this they're going to see this out. They still have that ability to just go win games and like turn on that switch, which is what they did for the last 20 minutes. They've won 35 straight home games, I think, with most law if he's scored in the goal, uh, scored in the game, which broke a record with Manchester United and Rooney at 34. And I mean, speaking of watching this game, I think I saw it earlier. This might have been the most watched Premier League game on NBC 
ever of all time. Wow. Which was like okay, yeah. Let me people let really me wanted to verify that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, let me check because I saw it earlier. Here it is. Yeah, Liverpool versus Leeds was the uh, produced the most watched opening weekend Premier League match in U.S. history. It was watched by 1.53 million viewers across the NBC platforms. So opening weekend still, but I mean a great game to show to the to the neutral uh, with it being four three. Uh, let's move on. We'll go uh, quickly to Sunday. Just wanted to touch on that Leicester getting a three 0 victory over West Brom. Jamie Vardy two penalties. Castagna, their new uh, fullback, getting a header in the second half. Leicester finished poorly to the season, but gets off to a hot start against West Brom. I, I, I don't know, remember what you guys said, but I do not think West Brom are staying up, by the way. They signed 36-year-old Branislav Ivanovic today. Yeah, we also, great we also said great signing. they are not staying up. <laughs> that guy is going to get absolutely okay. torched by someone fast. Can I get a blanket statement out that I think we can just apply to most of these games? But none of your opinions, because mine isn't, but none of your opinions should change from preseason to after game week one, barring some sort of crazy injury that happened uh, over the weekend, which I don't think we had like any. Uh, I, I just don't think you should take too much away. Chelsea lost 4-0 in the opening game of last season, and everyone else was freaking the fuck out about it. And you're just like, there's 37 more of these to go. There's, you know... We, it's 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 so long to the end of next season. Like you really don't know, and so much. Can I just don't see any West quality Brom, on I West think, Brom. I could do it. We can do a West Brom deep dive some other time because uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. But yeah, I, I just don't think you can take them losing three nil after conceding the first goal in the 56th minute, and then admittedly falling apart, but playing well before that. I don't think you can take that and just say, okay, well West Brom have no chance. Like. It's it's kind of ridiculous, but at least give them until the end of the transfer window. How about that? Before you start going throwing around, they're going to get relegated because I still believe that they'll stay up. Interesting. Doesn't think Leeds will, but, but no, West Brom. West Brom. Okay. All right. I love it. Uh, Tottenham Everton. This was probably the the most like mouth watering game of the weekend. Uh, you got Ancelotti's Everton. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham and a one-nil victory. A nice header from Calvert Lewin off a set piece. Uh, you, we see, you know, an entirely new midfield from Everton with uh, Allen, Decore, obviously. On uh, Gomez gets in there. James Rodriguez kind of starts out wide. Tottenham play the, you know, for the most part, the tip of Doherty looked good. What did you guys think of? Uh, what you guys think of the big Sunday game? I thought like, I mean, I've been watching the Tottenham talk, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but. It looked to me like the, a lot of the Tottenham players were not, just didn't really look like they had their heart in it. I mean, in the first half, you could tell that, yeah, there was a little bit of energy. Like you said, Doherty looked good, but he was completely gassed in the second half. Um, Tottenham didn't really create that many chances. And like that midfield of like Winks and Hoiberg, uh, Alex and I were talking about this earlier today, but I mean, just Allen, who was a new signing, this was his first Premier League game, completely dominated them from start to finish in that game and I mean that's not even talking about Tukure and, and James Rodriguez who both looked fantastic and I, I, I think they looked that good because Tottenham were that poor I don't think it necessarily means that Everton are going to be amazing going forward even though I do think that they're going to you know they're going to finish a, definitely a much improved on their 12th place finish from last year but I didn't think that you know Everton got a lot of praise from this game they got a clean sheet but and honestly, they created a lot of chances. Like Richarlison had that one chance in the first half where he rounded the keeper, and then he could he just had an easy square ball in the middle for Calvert Lewin, but instead he blasts it wide, 
And he could have finished it too. He, like he really could have. He could have. And, and there was a lot of other opportunities that uh, Richarlison had, and Calvert Lewin had a couple, and you know even Hamas had, had a couple half chances. So yes, Everton looked really good, but I just thought Tottenham looked so fucking poor. I just thought they were they were not good at all on the day, and they didn't look like they wanted to play for their manager. They looked like they need some new signings. I don't know about this Hoiberg signing. I've never thought he was that good on Southampton, and he seems like he's just a piece of shit. He probably should have gotten sent off in the second half. Like he's just a piece of shit. So he's, so he's fitting in nicely. Yeah, absolutely. He's just he's the type of player Mourinho likes. But I, I don't even think that that's going to help his team that much. I honestly think Tottenham are going to finish like seventh or eighth this season, like outside of all the European places. So I don't have much faith in them, unless they they get someone like a Gareth Bale who could change their season. But as of right now. I'm not not confident at all in them. If, if you guys have been watching, uh, I mean, the listeners, I mean, have been watching that Tottenham Tottenham documentary. Some of the themes that you, you you hear Jose Mourinho speak about on that. I mean, granted, it is all very heavily edited, of course, and condensed for a whole season into nine episodes. But some of the themes that they they bring up in that Mourinho is constantly telling them like we have to press high we have to constantly when they pass back you have to take the opportunity to every time they do pass back move up that little bit more and more and more and suffocate them and it just seems like what you're watching on the field and what is being preached by Mourinho in there is there's just a disconnect it's like maybe he's just not good at coaching that style after having been one way his whole career basically I, I'm not sure. I, I, you don't get that detailed of a look into it on the documentary. But, you know, it's, it, it, that was the main thing that I thought screwed Tottenham in that Everton game. The, like The whole front line, like the way they pressed, was completely disjointed from the midfield and the back line. Like it was two different teams trying to win the ball in different phases. And, you know, I mean, didn't, I, I thought Everton were like, okay, but, you know, they still won the game in the end on like a set piece, which, you know, is kind of a crapshoot. But, uh, I'm just happy to see King Carlo happy and happy to see Tottenham uh, lose their opening fixture. But uh. Uh, also, shout out Everton with suddenly the the real South American flair in that. I mean, like there are a lot of flair players on this team. I, I wouldn't call Allen a flair player. That guy <laughs> That's is fair. That guy is going to be yeah. fun to watch until he faces one of our teams. <laughs> then he will infuriate yeah, us. That's that's very fair. Uh, no, nah, but I mean, look, with Charleston, obviously you bring in. Uh, James Rodriguez, Bernard's on that team. I, I Yerimina. do. I go, yeah, Yerry Mina. Gomez can, you know, when he decides to be healthy, Gomez is play a nice ball. <laughs> yes, I know that, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have like five star skills in FIFA. Um, but you know what I mean. I'm not convinced that this, uh, like, I want to see how the opening month co- plays out for Everton because there's, there's a lot of pieces that if it plays out right, maybe there's a team there. Right. My, my statement stands again, for Everton, too. Like, anyone who played well, exactly. it stands for them as well. You can't get overhyped by good results Mm-mm. either. Uh, let's shift over to Monday. Sheffield lose 2-0 to Wolves. Jimenez and Saez, uh third and sixth minute. And then that was all she wrote. Alex, I know you wanted to briefly mention Wolves in this game. I didn't, I didn't want to take too much time, but I know you wanted to talk about it. Just that, like, they're definitely a threat still for top four. I feel like I haven't heard them being talked about enough. Uh, they're, they're in and around that discussion on the last day of the season, 
last year or uh, with two games to go in the season last year and you know we're unlucky to come up against like another team in Chelsea that were also fighting for those positions and this year they have no Europa League obligations which in an already condensed year that I just mentioned um, it's going to be it's going to be a help to them of course Uh, and they've they've not got too many signings in I think they still have signings to make but they just signed Nuno Espirito Santo to a three-year deal so they've got him locked down after He'd been journalist's favorite name to throw around for any sort of next club up uh, job in Europe. Uh, so, yeah, there's some stability being brought in there. And I think uh, I'm not going to pick them for top four, but I think they're just as much of a contender as all of the the, the, the usual ones like Chelsea, United and so on. So, uh, yeah, I think I have them penciling in at sixth place right now. But there's, you know, crazier things could happen that that 18 year old Portuguese kid that they signed who signs. It sounds like he's going to be. Maybe not a big thing this year, but in the years to come, Fabio who Silva, knows? Maybe, yeah. yeah, I did think that their uh, their left wing back Marcal Marsal. I don't know how you exactly you pronounce that. That Brazilian uh, left back that they got from Lyon, he looked pretty decent coming in. Um, but I, I think I took more about this game from the Sheffield perspective, where they were definitely just not ready. Definitely caught with their pants down. You know those two early goals from Wolves, and then Wolves kind of just shut up shop, and and Sheffield never really had a prayer in this game i don't think sheffield are going to be nearly as good this year as they were last year i think that and i know we were saying that all of last year like they're going to fall off eventually and they even finished the season pretty strong so i'm just curious to see if if they can you know maintain a a good pace and finish in the top half of the table again i think that's going to be really hard for them to do with teams like everton and and even Wolves that are going to be that were in and around them last year. Everton wasn't, but I know that they're going to be this year. I don't know if Sheffield's going to be able to keep up that pace. I don't think they're going to be in the relegation battle, but um, I could I, I can't see them getting you know more than like 50 points this year. I think they they overachieved a little bit last year, and that same style it, it feels like it's not going to be able to work in a full season. That's they have to play that from start to finish without having like a COVID break like they did last year, which I think that helped a lot of teams and including Sheffield United. So. I'm interested to see how they play without Dean Henderson. Well, yeah, you know that, I mean? that's a huge like, one. I mean, Ramsdale is Ramsdale actually looks good. pretty good. He's like, a good replacement. I know they have but, the two early goals, but the first one is like an absolute worldie from Jimenez. Like, it came out of almost nowhere, too. Um, and I can't quite remember the second one as well. But, um, I, yeah, I just know those were scored early, and for the rest of the game, Ramsdale looked, looked good. So... I don't think they'll see that much of a drop off with him. Uh, yeah, I just kind of I want to see players like Sander Berg back. He wasn't playing; it was Lundstrom, um, and you know they were starting Billy Sharp up top with. Sorry, what's the Scottish striker's name? Why do I keep forgetting? Ollie McBurney. Yeah, McBurney, and you know he's he was like a good championship player, but he he didn't do anything in the Premier League last year really, apart from maybe the two or three goals. So. Yeah, I think there's some players that still need to come back. And, you know, Wolves are a good team. So I, I, I'm not taking too much away from this in the negative for Sheffield United. Yeah, again, early seasons. And then that brings us to uh, Chelsea's 3-1 victory over Brighton. Jorginho in the 23rd, then Brighton pull one back, and then Reese James in the 56th, and then an assist on Zuma in the 66th. Uh, a bit of a wacky lineup. No Christian Pulisic, who's... Not 100%, no Ziyech yet, but uh, obviously we see Timo Werner getting his debut. We see Kai Havertz getting his debut. Early goings, I still think it's going to take a little while for Chelsea to kind of fully get everyone ready to go. But Alex, how did you feel about this game? I was fine with it. Like, I I mean, obviously not over the moon. Uh, I was over the moon to see all of those uh, or those couple of new signings and some returning players get the start. But if you'd asked me, uh, la- <laughs> if you asked me going into this game, like 
What would you rather have? Chelsea outplay their opponent but lose 4-0 like they did against United on the opening day last year? Or Chelsea play like shit and win 3-1? I'd, of course, take the latter. And that's exactly what happened. So it really rings true with the, the, the blanket statement. Don't take anything from these, this first game like too seriously. Brighton looked very, very good, very competent. They just have a few glaring issues uh, at the at the back end, the front end of the pitch for them. You know, we kind of took advantage of those. In each of their their own third and the uh, the opponent's third, it seems like their game just goes to shit. And in, in that area, Chelsea managed to take advantage of one of those mistakes when uh, Werner got on the end of an Alzate back pass and won a penalty pretty much against the run of play. Uh, and then uh, later on in the game, like the quality was just Reese James hitting that absolute blinder from uh, 20 plus yards out that we'd seen him do at the cha- in the championship uh, for Wigan. But he hadn't really pulled it off yet after trying over and over and over again last season whenever he got a chance. Uh, so it's great to see him actually uh, bang one of those uh, and I'm looking forward to way more. But uh, there, there are tons of like negatives in terms of like the team set up for Chelsea in this, but with all the injuries that we have right now and sort of like players that were just signed, like getting acclimated to the squad, the team that you saw in this game with five central midfielders and not a single uh, wide player in it or a natural wide player, that's not going to be a team you see uh, very often. You know, the, those five wide play, those five midfield players were Jorginho, Kante, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, and Havertz. And so that's because Pulisic isn't back yet. Ziyech got injured. I mean, Havertz and plays Hudson-Odoi left and right bench. wing, and you, yes, you but, can call you know, him a wide you wouldn't, player. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like, describe Havertz as a winger. He was you providing know? You, you guys no. with, and same, same with Werner. I mean, they were both like he was, making he runs was, like, into the channels. from the game because Ruben Loftus-Cheek, we were basically playing with 10, 10 men because Ruben, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was so bad. And I love Ruben. He's... He's like the first of these like great academy yeah, players. Yeah, you were quite excited was, that he was playing. He was one of the worst one of the worst performances I've ever seen him have for Chelsea. And the, the the quandary there is that the only way that he gets back to like full form is if you keep playing him and keep giving him minutes. But you know, Liverpool on the weekend, that's not happening. He's he's not seeing the picture for that one. Uh, maybe in the Carabao Cup, I don't know. But uh, once once Ross Barkley even came on for uh, Ruben after about an hour. And we immediately looked better. We immediately had control of possession for the rest of the game. And we were all, we were already up 3-1, so that helped. But uh, it, it was kind of worrying. But, you know, to still win 3-1, that, that makes me think that, uh, you know, opposing fans, you guys can uh, jump in on this. Opposing fans are probably more frustrated uh, with that than if we'd absolutely destroyed them and outplayed them because you know that that's one of the most frustrating things to watch as a rival fan is a is one of your rivals play like shit and still score three goals and get the three points so yeah I'll take that I saw a lot of people tweet this is the, this is a game that Chelsea either draw probably draw last year yeah I mean we did and that was the only time we ever dropped points to Brighton on uh, in a in a league match every other time we've beaten them so. Also, shout out Adam Lallana not being able to make it through the first half. Yeah, I felt bad for him. I was, I was do pretty too. predictable, to be honest. I do too, but like that's why he's not at Liverpool anymore. It's just like you can't rely on him to be healthy, and it's just it's brutal. Javier, you, I knew you wanted to get yeah, in Yeah, no, just when Trossard scored the equalizer, I, I thought that there was a chance that Brighton were going to get back, and they'd been looking good in the beginning of the first half and in the beginning of the second half. And just and that Reese James, James, James goal, like, and it's gone. Yeah, that Reese James goal came out of nowhere, and 
Yeah, you wouldn't expect them to concede so quickly, but you know maybe they were. It, it's one of those things where, you know, when you score a goal, that's when you're most dan- most at at risk to concede again. And you know, Nye from Brighton, and I don't know if they're going to be in a relegation battle this year. I think they're probably a little bit too good for that. But there are a lot of teams that I feel like are around their level, where. I think the relegation battle is going to be a scrap this year, especially that last spot where we're calling West Ham to be. But I know West Ham are going to get some wins this year. They do have a lot of quality players. They they have spent a lot of money. I think in their front line. I don't. I think in their back line and midfield. I mean, as long as they can keep Declan Rice, they'll have some some chance. But I think Brighton is going to be in and around that. And I'm not so sure that their style of possession football is going to work that well this season. I, I feel like there's still a couple more signings away to to guarantee that mid-table type finish that I'm sure that they've... I, I think they were pretty safe last year, but for a little while they were a little scared. Um, and they ended up being safe, you know, a few days before the last days of the season. But I think it's going to be the same case where I think it's going to be the coming down to the last four or five game weeks and Brighton's still going to... We're still going to have a question mark whether they're going to stay up or not. So, Because I think, like you said, they played well in this. And for playing as well as they played, like they lost 3-1, so... Yeah, but th- that that usually happens against like the big teams. I, I feel like yeah. when when they're playing against teams of their caliber or even slightly better than them, a lot of times they can they can kind of get by with Malpai and uh, Connolly. They probably need one more like uh, center forward, like a target man center forward to replace Glenn Murray. Uh, but you know, other than that, they they've got a bunch of talent. Like I, I don't think they're going to be in a relegation fight, but we'll see. Uh, we'll get to some transfers in a second here. Uh, just a couple a quick note for the weekend: Manchester United and Manchester City were off. They're back on this weekend. They play uh, United is going to host Palace. Arsenal will play West Ham. They should win that game. Southampton Tottenham early on Sunday morning, and this brings up a good opportunity. Gareth Bale is being linked to return to Tottenham on loan. While uh, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's last name, but Sergio Reguilon. I have no idea if I got my, if my Spanish right, nail right on the head. There we go. Uh, they have agreed to purchase the left back from Real Madrid. Uh, his name's been thrown around a lot in the transfer rumors lately. Heavily linked with a link with a move to Manchester United. And from what I've read, it was going to be a third. Uh, Real Madrid wanted more than thirty million, and they also wanted both a buyback and sell-on cl- uh, clause in there. The United was not willing to to put in there, but Spurs are. So it sounds like that is going to go through, and he's going to go to Spurs. Which I think is a good move for them, but what do we think about the idea of Gareth Bale rejoining Tottenham? I'm I'm not sure that it's going to be a match made in heaven, especially since Gareth Bale's just been off playing golf the last couple of years. Doesn't feel like ever since he had that bicycle kick in the Champions League final a couple of years back. Don't really remember him having any impact whatsoever. He really barely got any games last year in in Real Madrid's title winning season and. I don't know. It doesn't feel like this guy can do it week in and week out anymore. I, I can see him being a player that comes on in some of the big games, and you know you might see him score a goal or two here and there. And I'm sure he still has quality, but his injury problems—he's had so many of them. And the Premier League is the most intense league in the world. You know, if you want to try to play this guy even once a week or even once every couple of weeks, I'm sure he's still going to be getting hurt and form is going to be an issue i don't know i'm not i'm not convinced that gareth bale is going to be but on loan might not be the worst move because you know they'd probably just be paying his wages or part of them and you know bale might have some motivation considering it's the last year of his contract to to get that one more contract so maybe maybe he'll come out and and play well for one year yeah it's 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 a tough one because on the one hand 
the vast majority of the time we've spent, uh, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, with Gareth Bale over the last two years has been him not playing or when he has played, looking like he couldn't really give a shit. But then the times that he's basically stated to everyone, like, I give a shit now, is, has always been for Wales. And I don't think you've really seen much of a drop-off from him for international level. Now, there's plenty of contributing factors to that, but I, I think the main question here is that can Jose Mourinho get Gareth Bale to buy in to, buy back into Tottenham? He's obviously uh, already been at the club. Can he get Bale to buy in for this one loan year and uh, try to get him <laughs> taking it seriously? I honestly have no idea if that's the case. I have no idea if it's just Bale's resentment for Real Madrid and the fan base who have treated him pretty badly. He's been pretty unprofessional, too, with all the Wales golf, uh, the whatever the phrase was that Madrid. was on the flag. Wales golf Madrid in that order. Was, was that on the flag? I don't think Madrid was on the flag, yeah. was it? No, 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 it was it was Wales golf Madrid in that order. It, that was literally with the flags. <laughs> yeah, so like, that's not great. Like It kind of gives the Real Madrid fans a reason to be as uh, vicious as they have been and as, the, as they traditionally have been uh, with anyone that's uh, in this, a similar situation. But he's he's still an excellent player, and if he's if he's not fit for the majority of the season, uh, if he's not motivated for the majority of the season, if you manage to get like big performances out of him in big games, or maybe if they draw a big team in the Europa League during the knockout stage, like a like an Inter, or I don't know, or like like if they draw Arsenal or someone in the knockout stage, like having a player like that can never be bad. That's a player that's, you know, he can turn the game in a Champions League level, let alone a Europa League level. So um, I, I, I would be a little intimidated if uh, Tottenham got both him and Regulon. Um, but yeah, there's still lots of teething problems to fit in because also they don't really need Bale, do you think? Because, I mean, if you're really a believer in Bergwijn and Mora and uh, Son, obviously then you're thinking we've got all the talent we need, but who knows? I mean, yes, but counter, but counterpoint, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times in the pod today, you know, congested schedule. They're going to try to probably take a, a, a serious run in one of these cups. I think Jose's got to think, you know, this team is good enough to win a league cup or an FA cup or the Euro- Europa. Like, you know, having the depth of Bale in there would help. I, I think the idea of having him back in the league, if he can play, you know, he can give 60 minutes every week or a really good impression off the bench. Like he does bring some level of electricity to the league that, you know, and not that the league is missing. It would just, you know, add to the Premier League as a whole and make things more fun. So I'll, I'll say that, uh, moving back on to the games coming up this weekend, Chelsea, Liverpool on Sunday at 1130. That's going to be, that's going to be a, a, a very fun game. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to bet Liverpool both to score. Uh, I, I that I know. I think I think there's goals in this game. I, I don't. Th- we're not going to do another preview pod, but um, I, I'm not going to put bets on this because we're taping this on Tuesday night, and it's too early for me to go uh, go get all my you my. You're not going to put bets, bets on this pod. You're not going to release them on this pod, but not on not on Wednesday that when this pod drops. Right. Uh, but uh, if you guys saw my bets, they were on our Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Goal Pod. So I will uh, put them up there. I'll do another think, video. Isn't there Europa um, League you, this uh, this week? There's Europa League qualifying, but that uh, has qualifying. nothing to do well, with Well, no, uh, I was, I was just going to mention for Tottenham. Aren't Tottenham in that? Yeah, they are. I can't okay. remember who they're playing, but they are. So that might be a factor for that Southampton game. That is that is true. Aston Villa plays Sheffield on Monday. Are we just uh, skipping Chelsea-Liverpool? <laughs> no, I just said Chelsea-Liverpool. <laughs> that, I, that I was going to bet both teams both teams to score, but Liverpool to win. I mean, That's it? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it. That's the extent. That's, that's okay. The are they going? Are they going <laughs> to? No, are you going to win, Alex? Or is your Timo Werner? Is your Kai Havertz God? Are they going to show up and uh, dick everyone down, Alex? Well, Come on. Christian Pulisic is back. I don't know if you remember what he did at Anfield literally six weeks ago, <laughs> but he's back. That was only six weeks ago. Yeah, it was and not then, that long. Then we ago. scored. Um, but then we scored five goals, Alex. No, this was when you'd already scored uh, four of them, and he came on and. He won the game 3-1 from there, or 2-1 from there. <laughs> oh, okay. He scored one and this set one up another. At, Sorry, I had to remind you. This one is at the bridge. This one is at this the bridge. This one is at the bridge. At I don't think it really matters where it is uh, because of obviously no fans. But uh, yes. I just want to say about obviously that Brighton lineup was terrible. why I'm happy Chelsea, we're going to Anfield next you, week. <laughs> you could you could see that uh, Chelsea switched to that 3-4-3. They trotted out for a lot of the big games in the end of last uh, season. And Golo Kante was not fit for those games and we still you know beat Manchester United uh didn't play great against Arsenal but you know it's uh we, we got a little bit unlucky in that FA Cup final and I think we we beat Wolves in the last game of the season playing that way so uh, unlucky there's a lot of questions ass. over who would play in that system with all of these new uh additions um that, so it, too much is up in the air right now in terms of like who we, we know will play for Chelsea for me to like realistically be like bet Chelsea to win go for it now we probably could have, could have used a couple more weeks before having this game, uh, a couple more weeks of playing time. But you know what? It's now, and you know Timo Werner looked good the other day. I, I would probably throw out there, look at the odds for Timo Werner to score because if Patrick Bamford can do it, God knows that uh, God only knows that Timo Werner can. So yeah, Patrick Bamford and uh, Jack Harrison both scored in that. Game, I don't think the Chelsea great. win is completely out of the question here. It's just a tough one to predict when we haven't seen it from this crop of talent yet, but. Um, I think it's, it's fair. It's not out of the question at all. These are some crazy times, of course. This this kind of also, feels like a draw to me. Butt. I don't know, like a two-two draw. I'd take that. Watch out for the uh, the budding uh, Jurgen Klopp Frank Lampard uh, rivalry, which is which has continued in the media this week. I think Klopp made some, you know, uh, comment about Chelsea like paying for all these players and during you know the middle of a pandemic. And Klopp's kind and of a little bitch, Frank isn't was he? Like, Klopp's kind of a little Who? bitch. He kind of ta- he kind of chats a lot of shit. He kind of like talks. He's kind of like Jose Mourinho. He you know as much as people don't like uh, comparing the two. He's of them, a happy go lucky Jose Mourinho. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Jose he is, Mourinho he, was yeah, a happy go lucky much... Jose Mourinho before uh, the media turned on him. Like it's you know what's the Spider Man quote? You're only a hero long yeah, but, enough for. But Klopp's uh, like to six three. Or Klopp's like six three or six four. He, he'd probably like knock some of these guys' teeth out if they uh, if and they it's ever not, turn it's on not him. Just, it's not just Klopp. It's also your assistant Pep Linders who shoot Frank told to fuck off at Enfield after that that free I, kick, I, which was amazing I, footage. I do remember it was that. Great footage. I do remember that. No, I, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a fun game. Um, I'm definitely not. I definitely would have liked this a little later in the season, but uh, I. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. I, I think uh, I would. I would. You should be happy with this game being played right now. You do not want to see us later in the season. <laughs> you will oh, at yeah. Anfield, but you don't want to come to Stanford Bridge when there could be fans and when our whole team is clicking. Well, that's what I was you know, saying. I'm, I'm happy before. I get to go to Anfield next week when there's not going to be any fans because I feel like that's yeah, you that's should. your 12th man. You know, we're going to be. It's going to be an even game in terms of the fans because of that. You know, so. We'll see. Uh, Mo Salah's on his Michael Jordan revenge tour right now. I like uh, the haircut. He's just I like been, it. I, I I like the haircut. He looks sharp. And I, I really, he looks like Aubameyang. He, he's big mad that he didn't get put in the team of the year last year. And I'm all for him just using that as his, like I said, Michael Jordan revenge tour of just going to fuck up every team. So hoping for hoping for a goal or so from him 
coming up this weekend. Uh, our, uh, Aston Villa plays Sheffield on Monday. Let's just briefly mention Emmy Martinez finally leaves Arsenal for a twenty million pound deal to go to Villa. Javier, are you going to miss your man? Of course, I'm going to miss him. Um, I mean, I know that it was his breakout year last season, but he's been at Arsenal for not even a season. I think nine years now, and you know he he was a great backup keeper. He he stepped up when he was needed, and he won us an FA Cup final and a Community Shield. And you know he's leaving with like he, like he said today on his Instagram, like he's leaving through the front door. You know, like nobody's begrudging him his transfer. He should be a starting keeper. Um, I think a year ago, if you had asked us how much we would have sold Emmy Martinez for, it probably would have been like five million. So getting twenty million for him, you know, good on him for for playing it up to the point where we could get that much money for him. So I think every party is going to be happy with this. You know, this transfer here, he's going to be happy. We're going to be happy. And yeah, I think it's just good. Good overall. Villa's getting a very good goalkeeper, and yeah, I'm excited for for what you know what he's going to do at Villa. Not looking forward to playing against him. He's a great shot stopper. Um, you know, he's got. I think he's going to improve that Villa side a lot, and probably give them a much better chance of staying up. And for us, that 20 million is going to go to to you know either Partey or OR. So. Happy with with both of those results. And Wolves Manchester City Monday three fifteen. That'll be fun. I feel like those games are always uh, those are always interesting. That'll be Manchester City's first game of the season. Poor Wolves uh, fans they still having have... to deal with two straight Monday games to open their season. I don't I don't hate the Monday game, but I, I'm well, spoiled. I, I guess I guess now I that everyone's work working, most people are working from home. It's not that big of a deal. But you know, you'd still rather yeah. be it be a weekend. You know, wake up, get your coffee. You know, just focus on the game. I mean. I would have rather Chelsea play it on the weekend, and we had to play Brighton on Monday. But yeah, yeah. I, the worst part about playing on Monday is waiting until Monday. Yes, exactly. Like the, to quote the late great Tom Patty, the waiting is the harding, the hardest part. And shout out to us for figuring out how to use Peacock. I still don't really know how to use it, but uh, I, you know, we 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 figured it out. Let and me just we, we, to leave everyone with a, a, an ominous message. There are only two games in the Premier League this weekend, this weekend, including Monday, that will be shown on NBC uh, Sports Network. Every other game is going to be on uh, Peacock. It's only going to no, be the another Arsenal shout West out Ham to Chris, game. by the way, because all three of us can watch on Peacock at the same time, which is pretty awesome. So is that is that because that's not because they like don't want to do Premier League coverage. It's mainly because they have like the NHL stuff going on, right? Like, uh, I think it's mainly or, because they want to hype up their new uh, competitor to Disney Plus. Uh because right, the Chelsea yeah. Liverpool game is only on Peacock, which is absurd, <laughs> but that's how uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. That Leicester Burnley yeah, game on Sunday the, is going to be on TV, and, and the Peacock app is awful. Um, I don't know if you've tried to use it at all, but I've only been watching online. It's been the no, not not the online, but like if you try to to hook it up to your TV, um, it's like Apple oh, t- yeah, through Apple TV. TV. And it's it it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And again, like really shitty from from NBC to hand it off to Peacock. And it's obviously a money grab. So not happy well, about that. It. They own Peacock. That's it's what like I'm Disney saying. Plus. Pe- it's just like yeah. I don't I feel like it's it's kind of some bullshit that they're doing that. But yeah, I'm not not a fan of it. Well, we're going to have to deal with CBS Sports Extra, the app to watch the Champions League this year, too. So, you know. This is this is why I gamble so that I can pay for. Come join my... me in the dark recesses of the internet. 
All right, I'm going to let things run here. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. Uh, gambling picks coming out Thursday or Friday. Just follow our Instagram and Twitter, at GhostGoldPod, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92. And again, follow Javier on Twitter, at JavierRev9, for all of his Javier Arsenal Rev thoughts. Nine. Yes. See, Javier, that's oh, where you Javier screwed up. Rev. You can't have different oh, handles. Oh, I can, I can gotta, change it. I can change it. I can switch yeah, my Twitter. It's ha- for now, it's Javier or Rev Nine. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, go yeah. to just go to the Ghost Goal Pod uh, Twitter. I've got him tagged in the bio for yes, the Ghost Goal Pod Twitter. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right, guys. Until next week. See ya.